<laughs> yeah, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we're pouring the good, people. Woo! Okay, hey guys, welcome back to Pour the Good Podcast. I am here right now with one of my great, great friends, Maddie Miller. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie and I met our freshman year of yeah. college at Taylor University. And in at Taylor, there's this class called O Group. And technically, we are O-group friends, but then we had a reunion like a year later for this Mm -hmm. class because our O-group was weirdly... Weirdly connected. Yeah, connected, (laughs) super close. And we walked back together, and from then on, we've been super close friends, Mm -hmm. and it's been so fun. You actually lived... We lived together yeah. for a semester. Yeah, which was so fun. Um, but then we were too messy for her, so she yeah, moved so out. Yeah, so then I was like, hey, see ya, peace. <laughs> I'd rather hang out with you when I choose to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> and now you're on the podcast. Somehow yeah. we made it through. We really did. Um, but no, I uh, will also say Maddie has her own podcast called... The Maddie Miller Show. Yeah, shout out. Um, wow. So she's kind of a pro in this. This is like free promo for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to tell my agent. Yeah, currently <laughs> I don't even have an Instagram for this, so I don't know if it's promo, but yeah. maybe I'm No, it's you. fine. Like, as soon as um, people listen to this, you know, that's free promo for yes, me. Yes, that's true. That's true. I mean, true. you don't have to listen to my podcast, but... But you probably if should. If you want to, you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, just in our friendship, Maddie's always been super just connected with her faith, and it's been really fun always having conversations with mm-hmm. you. The The fun part of any friendship, I think, but especially ours, like, uh, we have our friend Grace sitting on the couch right now with us, but we Hi, have Grace. so much Hi. fun, <laughs> and it's super like goofy fun lighthearted, but it doesn't change the fact that we also have super deep yeah. real conversations too and that's why it's such a joy and it's fun that it like it bounces so easily yes. like we could be joking laughing and then all of a sudden we're like oh also this cool thing happened yes exactly. that happened several times yesterday which was fun yeah I love it so much but let's get into it um Maddie, the first thing I like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast is, how has God been pouring good on your life lately? Yeah, um, honestly, like in so many ways, but I think one of the coolest things about, I I don't know how to say like my adult life, like mm-hmm. post-college life, yeah. is right now I'm in my first big girl job. Um, so I work at Grand Valley State University in a little department, and it's kind of my first time really interacting daily with people who are super different than me Mm. in the best way. Um, People who do not share the same faith as me, um, have different faiths or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, I think like coming from a Christian college, that was a harder transition, Mm -hmm. but it's been so good for me to like, you know, enter different conversations about we, we talk a lot, a lot about politics what's going on in the news um and oftentimes that really relates to um what we believe about the world and our values and our um foundation and like mm-hmm. my foundation is really different than my coworkers or our students or um people that I'm interacting with a lot and so I feel like I've just been seeing God give give me opportunities to like on one side really like think deeply and hard about what I truly believe because that is being questioned a lot. And so those conversations have been really scary for me sometimes because I wasn't always challenged in that way Mm -hmm. in my life before moving to Grand Rapids. Um, But it's also been so good. And I feel like God has been growing me so much in that just in like, I feel like he's asking me like, yeah, so what do you truly believe about me? Um, And 
how are you going to, you know, share that and proclaim that? Mm-hmm. And it's led to really great great conversations with um, people that I work with, but also, like, some conversations where I realize that I get really timid to, like, mm-hmm. be, like, disagree with other people. But yeah. I we're called to do that yeah. and be different. So I think that that's been really cool yeah that is really cool yeah I feel like that is so true too it's so easy to have these conversations like with us three exactly it's just so natural we just were talking about like we just will go from silly to talking about Jesus and it's just like it's such a part of our life yeah but it is a whole nother level of maturing in faith and also Uh just confidence and faith and truly like do you trust me do you believe in me when you're in those moments and and you still have like do you stay on the ground that like you believe mm-hmm. in Christ and that he's every part of you? So yeah. that's really cool. I think it's even been cool um, to have like friends who, friends and coworkers who really respect my faith. Like yeah. I think that that has been such a blessing in my life. They, they really show a curiosity because mm-hmm. I do live really differently than them. And yeah. I, you know, like going to church and um, having Christian community and like, um, I think, like, sometimes they might think it's weird that um, I, like, drink alcohol because yeah. I, and I'm a Christian. Like, so getting to have conversations like that, I think it has been really cool and um, has shown me that, like, I don't need to be timid um, yeah. in my faith. And I, um, there are people who, who respect what you believe because I show mutual respect for right. them. So I think that's really cool. And I think a huge part of what you just said to keep going into this, um, we haven't even gotten to scripture yet. Yeah. I feel like this is so good, <laughs> but is that you are living different. Mm-hmm. Like if you were saying one thing and then completely contradicting it, like yeah. they would be like, all right, I don't really care. But it yeah. says so much about the way that God is truly within you when they're yeah. like, something's different about that girl. And I kind of like it. Yeah. And the thing is like, all of us, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. We have a hole in our heart that's longing to have something eternal, yes. something that's found, like a foundation. Yeah. And it's this desperation. But when someone has it, it looks different. Yep. So it's so cool that like they recognize yeah. that and, and respect that. Yeah. And like I think just like in the ways that it's come up in conversation, like for example, one time my coworker um, was talking about how she was watching the show. show. I think it's a show. I don't think it's WandaVision I think that's a show show. Mm -hmm. yeah she was watching it and she was telling us how it she was so sad in the end because I think somebody dies Mm -hmm. and she was just like talking about how like she's scared of like death and stuff and we were all kind of talking about like that idea and I I think I just like kind of said in a side comment like yeah I'm scared of um like how I'm gonna die but I'm not scared of like death itself because I know where I'm going right and man it was super awkward after that Uh because everyone was like okay Okay, but like it's little things like that that I like I forget that like other people don't have that Mm -hmm. like security or whatnot and um, it just like leads to like some like interesting conversations like in the ways that my faith gets brought up is not always like us talking about faith but it's talking about what's going on in the news or whatever and it just truly shows you that like my faith isn't just a part of my life, but it's really the foundation. Yes. And mm-hmm. that's honestly, I don't know if this is a great segue, but yeah. that's like kind of what the scripture that I chose yeah, um, today about that. Yeah, let's go into that because I totally agree with you in that regard where like you're showing and explaining right now life being a ministry that uh-huh. we don't have to be placed yeah. into a situation where it's like, okay, it's time to talk about God now. But if mm-hmm. you do your life with Christ fully, then every breathing moment is being light in the darkness, which is what you're saying. Yeah. But you have to know Jesus. Like, it can't be fake. People can mm-hmm. see right through the fake stuff. Yeah. And that's where there comes a lot of hurt with people that say they're Christians but don't want to live the 
exactly. the commitment of that. Um, so go ahead, tell me, you are talking about John 15, 1 through 17. Yeah. Um, and since we're already on the topic, go ahead and tell me why you chose this. Yeah, so I, um, John 15 has always been something in the back of my head because I actually... I can't even remember when it was. It was like during the pandemic um, when we were watching church online. Mm-hmm. One of the pastors, and I can't even remember, we weren't watching our home church. I wish I could remember which church we were watching. Me and my family during the pandemic would like bounce around watching like one Sunday we would watch Matt Chandler's church or like yeah. different whatever. Mm-hmm. And somebody gave um, a sermon about John 15, the like idea of like a vineyard. Um, and this passage is called, I am the true vine and it's Jesus talking to the disciples. And, um, it's this whole idea of, um, abiding in, um, Jesus and like him being the, Jesus is the vine and we are just simply the branches of his kingdom. And I think like oftentimes I always viewed my life kind of what I mentioned earlier as like, I am the vine and Jesus is just like one of the branches of my Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. But like when you view it the opposite way of like Jesus is the vine of like the earth, like he has this like great plan and I am just like a little part of like contributing to this purpose. Um, It really like spoke to me in the way that I view one, just my whole life, but also my career. Mm -hmm. I always thought that like Either you go into a career or you go into ministry, but it's actually ministry is everywhere in your life and you don't have to choose between the two. Um, And as far as like what you want to do with your career, as I'm still figuring that out, I constantly think of like, how can I still be a branch through my career, you know? So that's kind of what I've been thinking about lately. And so when you texted me about the podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, it'd be kind of fun to talk about John 15 and how that's kind of changed my like view of life, I guess. Yeah, no, that's so good. So to give the people some context, when you go ahead, it's 17 verses, so it's a little long, but it's actually so good the entire time. Obviously, it's the Bible, but this is just like (laughs) so good. So go ahead and read that for us. Okay, great. So this is um, John 15, and I don't know if it matters, but I'm reading from... um, the ESV version. Nice. Um, okay. John 15. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the world that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you... Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. But this, my Father, is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love 
has no one than this, that somebody laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. These things I command to you, so that you will love one another. Wow. It's so, so good. good. I just I love it. That's like a sermon in itself. I know. That. I love it. For sure. Um, I think something really important to start this off um, is let's talk about the context in the Bible. Like who... Mm-hmm is talking, um, and what does this really show us about their character? Yeah, so this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Um, John is one of the Gospels, so this is actually happening um, shortly after Jesus. So in uh, chapter 13, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Mm -hmm. And then this is kind of like what Jesus is saying after he washes their feet. And the part that I love the most is him talking about the disciples as his friends Mm -hmm. um, and just basically saying like that first idea of like, you know, being the vine, um, God is the father as the vine dresser, Jesus as the vine and we are the branches. Mm -hmm. He's telling the disciples this. And then the, the, um, he's also saying, and by the way, you guys are not my servants. You guys are my friends. And this is why I'm telling you this Mm -hmm. because this is important before, um, Jesus eventually goes to, um, be crucified. So that's kind of the context of this. That's a really good reminder. I think it's easy to look at Jesus as just the friend or just like the all-powerful God. Yeah. But I feel like this puts kind of both of them in hindsight of like, I'm yeah. your friend, so I'm telling you this, and yeah. I love you as a friend, so I'm telling you this, but like, I am all-powerful. Yes. I have this thing figured out. Like, trust, hold on to me kind of yes. thing. Um, one funny thing that I just feel like I should mention uh-huh. is um, – one, I love like viewing, um, I love the idea of viewing Jesus as our friend. And didn't a few years, you showed me this song about Jesus on the beach. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Jesus is on the beach, beach with, with my, my best friend, friend Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> you showed me that song, yeah. I remember it. So that just made me think of that, which oh, is really funny. so funny. A great song. But yeah. I also love the imagery of Jesus being our friend. Yeah. Because um, I feel like that makes me so much... Like, that makes our relationship so special, mm-hmm. and um, it's, like, sh- um, showing us the relationship he had with his disciples, but also that we um, can view ourselves as disciples when we follow his commands yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, as I was I was doing some research on this as well, I like this imagery of the vine, um, and I wanted to know if this mm-hmm. was, like, a new um, concept to the disciples at the time, oh. and it actually isn't okay Um, and I thought this was like a super fun um context to this this story is um like we know the disciples they're very familiar with the old testament because Mm -hmm. they were Jewish and so the Jews knew a lot about the old testament had it memorized like this is not a new thing and in Isaiah 5 one through two, it says, I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fer- uh, fertile hillside. He drug it, dug it up and cleared it of stones and planted it with the choi- with the choicest vines, but built a watchtower in it and cut out a wine press as well. He looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. And mm-hmm. so actually really cool context to this is at the time it called um, the vineyard, uh, 
Israel. And Israel were yeah. the chosen people. Yep. And that gives so much context to what we know about the Old Testament because the Israel uh, Israelites were the chosen people. But mm-hmm. everything it says here is like he, um, where is it? He, he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Yeah. And the whole concept is the Old Test of the Old Testament is they had this law and they tried to withhold this law, but every time they failed. Yeah. And they tried so hard. They knew every scripture. They yeah. had it all figured out. But even then so, God said it created only bad fruit. And so then this kind of context being turned over, Jesus says, I am the true vine. Mm-hmm. And as long as you abide in me. And so I think that's just such a fun transition where this whole time they've been hearing about them being the vineyard. So yeah. this connects fully to them understanding mm-hmm. actually the only way to produce good fruit is not by doing the law, not by yeah, trying to produce following it, it so strictly. Yes, but it's loving God and understanding mm-hmm. that only anything good could only come from knowing and believing in him. Yeah, that is such a cool connection. I didn't honestly even know that, but I'm actually going through the Old Testament right now with, um, there's like this book called The Bible Recap. It's by Tara Lee Cobble. And she basically, just format wise, you read a couple chapters, you're reading it chronologically. And then um, she has like a short, like five to seven minute podcast. Mm -hmm. So I do that every morning. And it is so funny, like, I've grown up as a Christian and, you know, reading the Bible, but I've never read it chronologically like Mm -hmm. that. And so it is funny that, like, idea of, like, the Israelites or, you know, the God's chosen people, like, trying so hard, but then they fall away and Mm -hmm. fail literally every time. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, I almost, like, become critical of them. But then I, like, look at my own life and I'm like, geez, that's literally me. Like, I also do the same thing. Like, you know, I'm going on a good streak. I'm feeling like I have the greatest relationship. Uh And then I'm just failing every time because that's just our our nature. Right. um, Not getting so distressed about, like, my sinfulness, but rather focusing on God's grace and my repentance and then my relationship with him. Yeah, exactly. That is so good. And I love in this specifically that it says, without him, you bear no fruit. Like, it's not even rotted fruit. It's just, like, it doesn't produce anything. Like, we cannot do it without him. It's like that idea of, like, do good people go to heaven, you know, simply for being good. And it's like, unfortunately, no, because it's not about our works. It's not, like, what we do it's really like that relationship and mm-hmm. believing um and that and that relationship is what will bear good fruit yeah. you know because you do believe in him and believe in his commandments so. yeah i mean it honestly goes into the name of this podcast being pour the good because as god's pouring goodness into you that's what pours out into others mm-hmm. it's where it all stems from and that's exactly what this is saying like holding onto the vine everything being like give me more jesus give me more jesus i mm-hmm. want jesus seek and serve seek and serve all of that is just your life will exemplify that if it's truly your heart. But yeah. you'll get exhausted if it's not. If it's works, you're going to run out. You're going to have these, I mean, everyone has down and dry seasons, but it's going to come more frequent when it's not genuinely For sure. to be filled up by by Christ. So, yeah, I love that. And I want you to speak on a little bit more of this imagery of, of the vine, God mm-hmm. being the gardener, Jesus being the vine. Um, what can we take away? How is this calling us to live? Yeah. So what I was talking about earlier is how I kind of like fell in love with John 15. It was during a sermon. And I remember 
part of the sermon was he, um, whoever, I wish I could like, I need to, I should have gone back and like found who was giving the sermon, but he was basically saying how he had gone on a trip to a vineyard and he um, was with, you know, somebody who has a vineyard is called a um, vine dresser Mm -hmm. and they are the people who he, they are the person that takes care of the vine. And he was telling us um, about like his experience with the vine dresser, like explaining the entire process of like how having a vineyard goes, you know, branches that are not bearing fruit are thrown away and they withered um but then the branches that like are showing progress are pruned to keep showing mm-hmm. bearing more fruit and how that imagery just like connects to John 15 um and then like the idea of the fruit then becoming wine and mm-hmm. becoming this beautiful um thing so a lot of times we can get caught up in like thinking of our lives as a vine and Jesus just being a brand. Like I go to church on Sundays, I read my Bible sometimes, but then flipping our perspective to what John 15 is showing us as, um, you know, God, the father as the vine dresser, Mm -hmm. he's kind of like the one over all of this And Jesus, who is the way, the truth and the life. He is the vine itself. Mm -hmm. He is that foundation. And we are just simply a branch that is hope, hoping to bear fruit and to be pruned, to keep bearing fruit. I I think it really puts our life into perspective of like we have so much of a bigger purpose mm-hmm. of living yeah. our lives rather than just like us um doing what we kind of want to do like there has to be a bigger purpose for us right. to be created and to be here like right. i i really do find it hard sometimes um with people who don't have a faith or don't um believe i i always kind of am curious like why do you think we're here? Like, why are we even on earth? Like, is it just like this like social experiment or something like that? Like, honestly, I I get really curious and I want to have more conversations like that because to me, like when I, when I think sometimes when I'm in a depressive mode or just like sad about life or um kind of get like in a rut thinking about like what I want to do you know career wise or Mm -hmm. where I want to move or who I want my friends to be I can get like really um so narrow-minded but then I just have to remind myself I am just a branch in God's kingdom in God's vineyard like I I am part of something so much bigger than he than I could ever imagine and and not only does that feel like it fills me with purpose but it also fills me with joy to Mm. think that way so I guess that's I don't know if I answered your question really well yes that was so good and it's so true and I think even as Christians we can lose sight of that even Mm -hmm. being specifically in a ministry place like we can think I have to do this I have to make people know Jesus I have to like being a a high school teacher. Yeah. I want to show the light of God. I like it's so easy to flip that script. I don't even necessarily think Christian or not Christian. I think Christians a lot of times miss that mark. But also non-Christians, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. It's like for what? Like for what? You yeah. know? And and when you get into these down places, what's the hope in? Yes. Something that's yeah. not sturdy nothing Mm -hmm. in this life is ever it's like the most cliche thing but it's never promised it's never a sturdy ground Mm -hmm. and so yeah that is that is a really uh a good perspective to have and I love uh in mine it says remain in me and I think yours says abide yeah yeah and I one I like that those are almost synonymous in these two different translations but um it's talking about remaining and I think I'm gonna say this tongue-in-cheek but a lot of times God will do really cool things, whether it's a miracle or mm-hmm. he changes our lives in some way. Um, 
And in those moments when we get to the other side, we kind of get this fire for Christ. Yep. And we're like, man, I love him. This is the best thing. And like, yeah. I'm just ignited in him. And we see this fire in Christians. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of times that doesn't last. Yep. And I think, uh, and I've talked about this in other podcasts as well, but it's super easy to fall in love with the miracle, the change that God produces and then forget. Yep. And so... This idea of remaining and abiding actually has nothing to do in the results of our life, but completely in the character and the identity of Christ himself. Yeah. And that remaining, it sounds so pretty. Like, I've seen so many tattoos abide. Yes, I was just going to say that. But it's hard. It's hard work. It's discipline. It's spiritual discipline. Mm -hmm. It's showing up. It's never believing that any fruit can be produced without Christ. It's constantly humbling yourself. It's in those dry seasons, still showing up to pray, Mm -hmm. still showing up when you're not hearing God being consistent. Like abiding is hard work. And I just think that's something we try to skim over. We romanticize, but it's a dedication and commitment that we also have to provide for this relationship to work out. So I'd be curious on your end, like how... How, how do you practice this and what can we take even from what in context of this, what is he calling the disciples to do in the moment? Yeah, I think that is such a good point. I do love the idea of like remaining and abiding. I was thinking as you were talking about how like remember when we used to go to like church camp or mm-hmm. you'd go like to summer camp or you'd go to like a weekend thing or a retreat or something and you'd just be like on fire for the Lord mm-hmm. and then you just like watch that slow fade yeah. of like then you just get back into regular life and you forget about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I can often get into those seasons but Oftentimes, the season that I find the hardest to abide is honestly when my life is going really well. 100%. When I'm yeah. super comfortable. And yeah. I've actually, ex- you know, in a great, great way, but also not great way. I've really experienced that recently. I am so happy with my job. I love where I live. I, like, have friends. And it's often in those moments that I find the hardest to, like, remember that, like, I should constantly be, like praying and living life um with god and like constantly asking him for guidance on things but it's honestly in those moments where i feel like i got control of my life Mm -hmm. that it's like oh i kind of like don't really need him or more often i'm just forgetting that i should be constantly doing that and I, you know, I do do my devotions every morning, but it's so easy for me to just like read it, close the book, and I don't think about him the rest of the day. Mm. I don't think about my relationship with Jesus the rest of the day. And so like that reminder of like, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. That's verse six. And I I feel like it's so easy to get caught in that Mm -hmm. withering away because my life is honestly going great. And like, I feel like I don't need him. Yeah. So I kind of forget what your question was, but that's kind of what my views of like abiding um, means. It's like that constant need for him, that constant need for um, asking him for guidance and strength Mm -hmm. in everything you do. Not just the parts of life that are kind of going wrong, but honestly even when life is going great to remember that he is the ultimate source of joy. Right. Exactly. Yes. That that's so good. Um, and I think another aspect of this analogy is the pruning Mm -hmm. and it's a scary thing to think that God has the control. It's a beautiful thing, but a scary thing that he has this idea of pruning our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, so speaking to that a little bit, what, what does this mean? 
that he's pruning our lives and it's creating more fruit. Like, how do I take that? Yeah, that like idea of like him growing and changing us and, you know, pruning. When I kind of think about that analogy of like pruning, like I think about like the plants that I have at home and like when I see like little things that are dying, I'm pruning those. I'm taking those out of um, yeah, life. Yeah. And oftentimes it's the, the taking away that's hard. You know, God taking friends away um, mm. that like when I look back on it years later, I'm like, oh yeah, that was probably a good thing, but man, that was hard in the moment. Right. Or taking away my comfort in something that I was really comfortable in. Yeah. Or, um, you know, I'm sure there's a million other examples. Um, but just, yeah, I think that that idea of pruning our lives, it's like God has such a bigger perspective on our lives and we can get so pigeonholed into thinking that like this one thing um, is where I'm supposed to be yeah. or where I'm supposed to go mm-hmm. because I just feel like it is. And then God um, intervenes in a way that either like gives it to us or takes it away. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard for us to like look in the future and see how that that could um, ultimately was a good thing. Mm-hmm. But from I think that's just like the life of a believer. You learn so much like years after things happen. Yeah. And um, that's when you can really understand this idea of like how pruning is really hard, like you said, but it's really needed for mm-hmm. our lives, um, for God to show us his true purposes, his, his true um, mission for us in life and what we're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. And I think a, a thing that you just said that years later we can mm-hmm. see the goodness, I think what separates that from someone that believes in God and doesn't is we get to know in the middle of it, in the middle of the pruning, yeah. even though it's hard, we know that God yes. is in it versus having to wait until years later where it comes to fruition or maybe we never truly see the result of it. Yeah. That would be so hard. Like oh, it just, for sure. That builds bitterness and mm-hmm. hardship and struggle if you don't have a source to know that it is good. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's super interesting. And I like actually you talking about your plants because it kind of brings me back to that church camp thing. And I didn't, never really thought of it in this perspective, but I think something about going to like a church camp, a missions trip, things yep. like that, is he's taking you out of the life that you're comfortable in. Yeah. And he's placing you and saying like, do my work. Yeah. Or learn about me. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's the watering or even mm-hmm. just removing maybe the, there's toxic things in your life back home or whatever. Yeah. And that is what's growing and everything. And then that fire, I never, ever, ever want to dismiss that fire as being good because it is so good. Yeah. And when you come back, you're back into your normal world. And there's a place, there's a time where that kind of plateaus and that's mm-hmm. where that fire kind of burns off. You get more comfortable. But something that can be missed is you did grow Mm -hmm. like where you were before and where you are now that fire did not just completely burn out and you're back to square one it really was it built you forward it built you up and now you're at a new level but now that's the new level of comfort and Mm -hmm. the next time you go through something again next time he prunes something whatever he's gonna put well that's gonna work on you and you're at a new level and then that becomes comfortable and that's the constant place of growth like even picturing vines, vines grow and grow and grow longer and longer. Yeah. Through that, they prune things off. They cut things off. You know, there's different, there's times that you're not growing as fast or as slow or whatever it is, mm-hmm. but it's always going to keep the length of it. Yep. And then grow forward, if yeah, that makes sense. For sure. Does that analogy add up? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> it, no, it totally does. That's so good. That's um, so good. So, yeah, in this... I think it's also something, one of my favorite things to think about in the Gospels is 
that these disciples are experiencing Jesus for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they have lived a life of law with God, but this is their first time learning about even the Holy Spirit. Next, it talks about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So um, what do you think, hearing this message, thinking of the Old Testament and the Old Commandment, how they were living, how do you think this flipped the perspective of the disciples at the time? Yeah, I think um, kind of what we were talking about earlier, I think you brought up that idea of um, when you were referencing the verses in Isaiah, that idea of um, in the law was so important to, mm-hmm. um, you know, the chosen people um, in the Old Testament because they didn't really have – one thing I'm, like, learning more is just, like, the history of the Bible. And mm-hmm. I've never, like, super thought deeply about how – in the Old Testament, Jesus hadn't died yet, mm-hmm. so they didn't have that picture. They only had, like, the idea of it happening in the future mm-hmm. and, um, like, that idea of, like, the Holy Spirit living inside of us. That wasn't, um, like, kind of the picture of their relationship with the Lord in that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that, I, that for the disciples and, like, this new idea of, like, Jesus is about to die on the cross, it's almost like he's teaching us what the importance of the Holy Spirit really yeah, is. Yeah. Um, and, and that idea of like abiding um, in him, they're probably questioning, you know, how, how is that going to happen? And then, like you said, if um, in verse or in chapter 16, it goes on to talk about like the work of the Holy Spirit and um, that idea of like, the disciples are like, what do you mean? How am I supposed to abide in you? You're, mm-hmm. you're going to die. You're not, you're going to go back to heaven. Like you're not going to be here as a person. And he's you know, explaining like your life is, um, your life is supposed to be this picture of like constant guidance of the Holy Spirit, but like a reflection of me as your friend. Yeah. And I think that that, um, hopefully is something that we can mirror in our lives too. You know, we often talk about like the idea of living like Jesus. That's why he's telling them here, abide in me, Mm -hmm. be like me, remain in me. Um, and the Holy, the work of the Holy Spirit is there as, as a tool for you to do that. Yeah, that's so true. I didn't even connect that completely is, is he says, if you remain in me and I, and you, you bear much fruit. Like this is a completely new thing to them Mm -hmm. to imagine having the Holy Spirit within them. Yeah. So that's super, that's super good. Okay, so I think this this section has kind of two concepts. One is the, the vine, um, which we've talked a lot about. And then it's this commandment to love. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, remain in my love, and then now I command you to go out and, and love each other. So how does this connect how does the um you're asking like how does the commandment of love connect to abiding in yeah, y- yeah. The, that imagery yeah i think for me um i feel like we kept referencing things we talked about earlier but really what we were talking about earlier is like how that idea of our relationship with with jesus with god the father is really um such an important part of our faith rather than just like the good works we produce Mm -hmm. and like bearing fruit yeah that's really important but how we bear fruit is abiding in him and what he's saying here my greatest commandment is to love is to love jesus to love god the father to love others have our life on this like this foundation of love and I think that that um he's like almost giving us another tool to understand how to abide in him because it's one thing in these first verses like okay he's telling us to abide in him great 
but how do I abide in him? What mm-hmm. do, like I I don't you know if if someone's reading this for the first time they might be like how do I do that? And the first thing he's telling us is to love, mm-hmm. love one another, to love him. You know, um he's telling us this as friends. And I think like when I think about my life, the people that I love the most, I have an even greater love for Jesus rather than just like viewing Jesus as like this person who I need to like obey. Mm -hmm. He doesn't tell us the first thing he doesn't tell us is like, Hey, make sure you obey in me. He actually says, no longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father. I have made known to you Mm -hmm. like he's basically saying I don't need you to um like view me as your master I want you to view me as your friend someone you can have a relationship with someone you can love with so that you can understand more fully what I've done for you and what the greatest greater purpose here is yeah no that is so so good I totally agree and I love the one thing you said was the friends you have you have such a deeper level of of love for Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something we have to take from this is to have such a depth of love and just admiration for Jesus. It's going to stem and work out this commandment. And I think obviously throughout all of the uh, gospel, we Mm -hmm. see Jesus loving so well. I mean, just before this, like he did the washing of feet and there's another one where Jesus is comforting his disciples and just a lot of different things, even introducing the Holy Spirit and that Mm -hmm. we are called to love as Jesus loved. And we have the greatest example of it. And it even says, like love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Yeah. Yep. And it's like that's the scale of love we're called to. Yeah. It's not this love of like, I really like her. Yeah. Let's go get coffee. Uh-huh. But it's this there's gravity to that. Yeah. Where it's like, would you lay down your life for mm-hmm. these people? And we know that Jesus is calling all of us friends. So if he's calling all of us friends, we yeah. got to call all of our people friends. And yeah. what does that actually look like? We see him serve first by washing the feet. We mm-hmm. see him die on the cross for our sins. We see him mm-hmm. sacrifice absolutely everything with mm-hmm. us deserving nothing, which again sounds like such a cliche, <laughs> until you understand the gravity of what Jesus did. And then it changes everything. Yeah. And then we're called not to just be like, oh, that was really awesome. Now I get to just abide and remain Mm -hmm. in it and chill out and like hang out and love that God loves me. But we're actually called to replicate this, to be the example of this, to be hanging out with your coworkers, like how this all started. Let's make it full circle and be sharing Christ in the midst Mm -hmm. of really hard times. Like, yes, it's hard sometimes to share our faith, but how much harder was it for Jesus to lay down his entire life for this faith, for people to call him names even still today. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're called into. So I think that's just something that for me, it encourages me, but also convicts me to like yeah. step it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, as you were talking about that, I was like, yeah, I feel like I do love people, but sometimes I think so. the hardest barrier to loving others is sometimes to have to put yourself second. Mm-hmm. And I, I can really get caught up in like thinking that like, I am the most important person in my Mm -hmm. life because I can just be selfish and I can be prideful and I can think that my needs are greater than others. Mm -hmm. But like one of the hardest parts of love, but the greatest parts of love is that selfless love. And we see that exemplified a 
again and again by Jesus towards the disciples, towards us as people. I mean, mm-hmm. he literally says, like you just said, you know, lay, um, lay down your life. And then a couple of verses later, he is going to lay down his life by right. dying on the cross, you know, as the ultimate example, ultimate humbling of himself, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that that is something that I have to think about time and time again is how to love how do I love other people well putting myself second and putting other people um above like not above me but like in front of me as far as like and that is how you can show the greatest love and that was just something that I was thinking about as you're talking no I love that that's so true um to kind of conclude here I have a question in the application of this in your personal life Mm -hmm. So can you tell me one fruit you feel like God is bearing right now in your spiritual life and then one thing that he's pruning out of you? Mm, Getting wow. a little personal. Yeah, but. I was going to say, I was like, wow, okay, she's asking it. Uh-huh. Um, okay, I'm going to just share what immediately came to my mind. Yeah. I'm sure that I could have thought of something like deeper, but honestly, the things that come right up to me, I think are probably the best. So one um, fruit that, he is Barry. I was actually just telling someone this the other day is patience because mm-hmm. I am a person who, and we were actually just kind of talking about this yesterday, how like, I feel like right now in my life, I'm like this young, I have like no dependence on anybody else. I could go anywhere. I could do anything I wanted. And I feel this, like sometimes this restlessness mm-hmm. of like, I need to be doing more. I need to be experiencing more life. I need to, you know, be experiencing the world. But instead I feel like God re- right now is really showing me patience in like staying somewhere, growing community, um, working on these relationships mm-hmm. with people. Like Really, I'm sure patience in other areas too, like waiting on my bagel to toast in the morning. <laughs> like I also struggle with patience in that. But um, like a little um, insight into my life, I've lived in Grand Rapids now for um, a little over a year and a half. And the first year was super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends and I was working from home and I just was like unhappy because I had come from college where I had so many friends. Uh-huh. And then I just like going from that to like, being alone for a whole weekend because I didn't have anyone to make plans with or whatever. And now I'm slowly like seeing more and more fruit of these relationships that I was called to grow, even though it would have been so easy for me to be like, oh, I just need to move to a new place or I need to go to a new church or I need to find a new job or something like that. But Mm -hmm. now I feel like God is slowly showing me the fruit of these like relationships that have been developing. And, um, ultimately just showing me hey patience you need to be patient with me because you'll never kind of what we were talking about later like I can't see the bigger picture but I know that there is a bigger picture and so waiting for patience in that do you feel like that also has been kind of the way he's pruning your life as well (laughs) yeah I mean for sure Uh like just like um showing me like what things that I need to have in you know these relationships but also things that I need to like you know, weed out. But when you first said the pruning thing, I think, um, you know this about me. Um, and I would say most people in my life know this about me, but I am a huge, like, I love entertainment and I love the media and I love TikTok and I love, you know, stuff like that. I just always have. Mm -hmm. It's part of my job. I am like a media specialist. So that's my role. So like, it's part of my job, but it's also just a huge part of my personal life. And I think that I'm slowly seeing God show me how like 
the people that I'm easily influenced by, movie stars, films themselves, uh, TikTok, influencers, whatever, how that needs to be, um, you know, taken out more. And I need to have scripture, my good friends, um, people I love have more influence in my life rather than like the world of media. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways, those things even coincide because when you get wrapped into all the media Uh sides of things, it's easy to, again, another cliche until it's not, but to compare and to see these people doing bigger and better things. For sure. And you're like, oh, should I be doing that? Is that what my life is supposed to look like? And so I think a way that God teaches us presence is stripping us away from the the looks of others when it becomes unhealthy and not cheering them on. So yeah, that's really, that's really cool for sure. Well, I have absolutely loved having you on. Me too. It's been so good. It's been so fun. Yes, it has been. And I think it's really awesome just hearing your walk with this scripture over the Mm -hmm. years. I mean, it started when you were an undergrad, you went through partial grad school and now in real life. And so it's just really cool that it continues to play a part in your life. For and sure. I think a lot of people are in all different seasons. And I think that's spoken to it that no matter what season we're in, we are called to hold on to this vine and, mm-hmm. and to be a part of it um, and allow God to be the true vine of our life. So yeah, for sure. I appreciate all your good. You've really poured the good on the people. Oh my so. <laughs> gosh. Well, thank you. I've been, you have poured so much good into my life, just keeping me accountable and I feel like our friendship has just been so fun um, as we just started off as like kind of these surface level friends that like went to Wendy's together uh-huh. until like living together and then living post-grad together, mm-hmm. like catching up over FaceTime or text or I remember like I just texted you the other day, like a prayer request and yeah. you were like, hey, I'm I'm praying for you. Yeah. Whereas I don't know if we would have done that sophomore year when we first right. became friends, you know, so to just see our friendship and now you starting this podcast after me having a podcast, I'm like so happy for you. Oh, so. thank you. So yeah, fun. Maddie was such a huge help in <laughs> me figuring out what even is a podcast yeah. and everything. So it's all, it's all very full circle. Yes, but it is. I appreciate that and appreciate our friendship so much. Yeah. But thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed Enjoy it and I'll see you next week. Woo! Bye! Now we're free to let people.